Attention all you rule breakers, you misfits and troublemakers, all you free spirits and pioneers, all you visionaries and nonconformists. Everything the establishment has told you is wrong with you is actually what's right with you. You see things others don't. You are hardwired to change the world. Unlike nine out of ten people, your mind is irrepressible and this threatens authority. Of the flame. Wayseers have an un- 
Depression blocks most people's awareness of the way. Censoring all thoughts and impulses from the unconscious is their prefrontal cortex, the Gestapo of the brain. Nothing which violates its socialized programming even gets through. But your mind is different. Your mind has been cracked wide open to the way. By some miraculous genetic trait, some psychotropic chemical, or maybe even by the will of your own soul, your brain's reward pathways have been hijacked. Dopamine employed to overthrow the fascist dictatorship of your prefrontal cortex. Now your brain is free of repression. Your mind free of censorship. Your awareness exposed to the turbulent seas of the unconscious. Through this open doorway, divine light shines into your consciousness, showing you the way. This is what makes you a wayseer. 90% of human civilization is populated with those whose brains are blocked to the way. Their brains are hardwired to enforce the social programming indoctrinated since birth. Unlike you, they cannot break out of this programming, because they have not yet experienced the necessary revolution of mind. These program people take social institutions and rules very seriously. Society is full of games programmed to keep people's minds occupied so they will not revolt. These games often cause sick fixations on peculiar protocols, power structures, taboos, and domination, all subtle forms of human bondage. This distinct form of madness is not only tolerated by the masses, but insisted upon. The program ones believe in rules so forcefully, they become willing to destroy anyone who violates them. Wayseers are the ones who call their bluff. Since wayseer minds are free to reject social programming, wayseers readily see these social institutions for what they are, imaginary games. Wayseers comfort the disturbed, Helping those who are lost in these games and refuse to help themselves is the calling of many wayseers. Since wayseers are the ones who keep contact with the original source of reality, they are able to disrupt societal conventions and even governments to realign humanity with the way. The wayseers are an ancient lineage, a kind of priesthood, carriers of the flame, ones in the know. There must always be wayseers to reform the dizzying psychotic
Welcome to the Ask Sue Show with a Sunday special edition. Hope everybody's all okay in the chat room. Nice to see my good friends are in the chat room, and I hope everybody is all okay. I must say that tonight we're suffering. We've got Jamie on the sofa not feeling very well at all. Bill's suffering on the other sofa. I'm on the other one doing the show, not feeling so good, and aching from head to toe. And the two girls have just gone to bed saying, Mummy, we feel poorly. So all in all, we're having a bit of a rough night tonight. And if I suddenly get a coughing fit, it could be emergency song. So be prepared in case for emergency songs that may come out of anywhere. <laughs> tonight is a special night for me. I did the show tonight because I wanted to let everybody know slightly part of my personal life before I have done a show. Um, when I let people in through the door, if I can, if that's the right word. And I did partly tell people about my story with Kaylin. Kaylin was born on the 16th of the 12th, 1996, when we literally, um, I'd gone full term with Kaylin, didn't have the scans, there was nothing picked up, everything was absolutely fine and excited and ready for Christmas. We got an over-decorated Christmas tree, we'd got an excited one-year-old called Kimberly, my eldest daughter, and was looking forward to all of the events coming up, a busy Christmas obviously, but a good one. I would never, ever have been prepared for what was to come. But somehow or another, I did it, and here I am. It started when I went to the hospital and literally had a fast birth. I had um, Kaylin in three hours. Um, Literally fine. The birth was fine. No, I mean, as as good as a birth can be. Gas and air, you know, everything was fine. Not a problem. When she was born, the only thing that they said to me was that her temperature was a bit low. So they put her in, in um, an incubator. It was literally, she was put in an incubator. Now, this was not a small baby. She was full term. She was due on the 16th of December. And we had her on the 16th of December. She was £9.1. Beautiful big baby. Um, Nothing was wrong with her, you know, you couldn't see that anything was wrong and everything seemed fine. So, we literally, um, I'm one of these, as soon as I'm in hospital I want to go home. You know what I mean? And I literally lay there and I said to the doctor, please can I go home? And he said, listen, he said, you can't go home tonight. Now listen, let's face this, this was morning and then I wanted to go home at night, so it was a bit much to ask. But I literally, (coughs) I literally, um said, can I go home in the morning? They said, yep, if her temperature is stabilized and she's fine, you can go home. So you can imagine, couldn't wait to go home. Everything was fine. She didn't seem poorly. Nothing was wrong, you know. Everything was fine. So the next morning, we got up, and uh, I said to the doctor straight away, he came to me, and I said, please, could we go home today? And he said, yes. He said, the temperature seems to have stabilized. There's no reason why you can't go home. So I'm sat there and I literally looked at her and looked at Kaylin and I said, yes, we can go home. Let's get you ready and we can ring your dad up. So we literally, um, I started to get her ready and something wasn't quite right. Do you know what I mean? You know when you just get that instinct, you just get that feeling, you know? And, 
And literally, all of a sudden, she started to cry. But it was a weird cry. I've never heard a cry like it before. And I thought, perhaps she needs changing. So, no, perhaps she needs feeding. So I went to feed her. She didn't want to be fed. And so I went to change her because I thought that her nappy was needing changing. I had a shock of my life to take off her bottoms, literally all of her suit, you know, all her body growing everything off, to find her legs were purple, totally purple. I screamed and got the nurse over, and straight away they took her straight to the special care baby unit in the Royal Shrewsbury in Shropshire. And I met with a consultant called Dr. Bob, Bob Welch, an amazing, amazing guy who I have spoke to since as well, and a fantastic guy. He literally said to me, <clears throat> he said, right, you know, we, we've got all these things and they've got tubes going on or anything. They were doing all these checks and they were thinking about sending her to Birmingham. I literally, well, that was fine. You know, they were doing something and everything was fine. Then I had the devastating news that the actual piece of equipment, the incubator and everything that they wanted to send to Birmingham in was actually broken. There was a small piece of um, that could fit in my hand that was broken, and it was going to cost them £2,000 to mend it. <coughs> so I literally um, just went with it. They said they were still doing tests. They were still doing all these different things, and they thought there was a problem with her heart. She literally seemed quite fine. She seemed like she was got a colour in her, and I was not very well. I'd got, quite funny really, a bit like I am now, aching poorly, got a high temperature of up to 100, and also was not well at all. Um, so I'd got Kimberly a lot of the time in the family room, um, and I was babysitting Kimberly, and that's wrong. I wasn't babysitting because she's my daughter, but you know what I mean? I was looking after her, and... What annoyed me was the fact that my ex now, his mum, was staying by the bedside of my daughter and never even came to take over so I could just have a little bit of time with her. I didn't want to be in there a lot because me, the unusual Ask Sue, was thinking about everybody else. There was babies in there that were a pound and a half in weight, little, tiny, little dot, little things, tiny little babies with tubes bigger than themselves, do you know what I mean? And I didn't want any of them getting what I'd got. So I stayed away a little bit. So the next morning when um, I was in the family room, my other half at the time came up to me, uh, came into the room, and he said to me, he said, um, quickly, we need to, you need to go and see Caitlin. And I said, well, I've just got to change Caitlin, uh, change Kimberly, and get her ready, and then I'll be up. I won't be long. Okay, he said. didn't seem like there was a big emergency or anything. About half an hour later, the nurse came in to me, Actually, it must have been two days because obviously she died on the 18th. And she, this nurse came in to me and she said to me, she went, Sue, you're supposed to be in the special care baby unit. I said, did, did he tell you? And I said, yeah, he said. I said, but I told him I'm just getting changed. No, you need to come now. So I was right, okay, I'll, I'll come now. So we picked, I picked Kimberly up and went. I stood there and held Kimberly. And I'd got my other half's mother still at the bedside and didn't move from there, didn't let me have five minutes on my own with my daughter the whole time. Nothing. She looked at me and never said nothing. Simon looked at me and never said nothing. And then Dr. Bob came in, and he said, so are you okay, Sue? And I said, yeah, what's going on? He said, what, you don't know? 
And I said, do you what? And he said, you don't, do you? And I said, no. I said, what's going on? He said, we've um, had a bit of a discussion and we've decided it's for the best if we put Cayman, uh, turn Cayman's um, machine off. The devastation I felt inside me was one of, I felt guilty because I'd not been in there. I felt angry because I wasn't told first. I was upset because I'd got no time with her. I'd got Kimley, who was too, so good. Do you know what I mean? So good. And it was funny because the time we saw her before the turning off of the machine, Kimley would actually held onto her arm. But before that, and held her hand and, and stroked her head. But before that, Kimley was totally against her, which was really funny. I literally had a couple of minutes with my daughter, but with everybody else around me. I always think to myself, would it have been different if it had happened now? Would I have stood up for, to all of them and said, you know, I'm a mum, I just need some time out of my own. But I didn't at that time. I suppose shook up, in shock, upset, gutted, all of it. I literally had a time out um, where they literally um, then turned the machine off. And it wasn't that long after that she passed away. It's funny, really, because I haven't spoken to my mum and dad for quite some time. They live a mile up the road, and they don't give a monkey's about me. And, you know, they give me the attitude, you've made your bed, you sleep in it, everything in my life that apparently I've done wrong. But when that happened, I was still talking to them. And the first person that I wanted was my dad. I didn't want anybody else. I just did not want anybody else. I wanted my dad. My dad walked into the hospital and I felt a relief like I've not felt before. And he came in and he said, Sue, I don't know what to say to you. He said, scream at me, shout at me, you know, tell me the, to piss off, tell me whatever you want. Just go with it. Just tell me whatever it's got to be said. He said, Sue, I don't know how you're feeling. I've not gone through this. I don't know what it's about. I don't know how I'm supposed to deal with it all. And I sat there for a minute, and I said, Dad, it's like this. It's Christmas time. I've been waiting nine months for my little girl to come along. She's arrived, and Father Christmas has come with an empty sack. She came and blessed us with her two days from the 16th to the 18th of December. I was able to hold her after she passed, and some people think that may be morbid, but I needed to say goodbye. Her body was still warm. It wasn't as if I couldn't have gone to see her in a morgue or anything like that, and total respect to those that could, but I couldn't. The nurses were absolutely fantastic to me. They said to me, would I like them to take pictures? <clears throat> so they did. They took black and white pictures, which I've still got in an album, and... I literally treasure. And anyway, after, obviously, they'd taken her away, and I sat there, and they said, are you going to go back into bed now? And I said, no, I'm not. And they said, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not going back into bed? I said, I'm going home. I don't want to stay here. 
I don't want to think, I want to go home. But my place that I need to be is in my bed, in my home, making my own cups of tea and chilling out on my own. I don't want to be here anymore. And so I did. I went home and I can't even remember that journey home. But I can remember getting to the front door and open the front door to be welcomed by a bunch of cards. So I picked all the cards up, walked into the living room. I went and sat down in a living room with the over-decorated Christmas tree. Um, I'm just looking. I can see that the, I've got sound here, so I don't know what's... Um, thing. By all means, all of you, F5, see if, uh, if there's a refresh. Um, <clears throat> maybe Kaylin's playing silly games. I don't know. Um, so... So anyway, so I sat down and started to open the cards. Then I had that to deal with. I'd got Christmas cards mixed in with congratulations cards mixed in with sympathy cards. That is something else to try and deal with. Do you know what I mean? I'd got a one-year-old that was excited for Christmas, but I just wanted to sit and cry and do nothing. I literally... <clears throat> Decided, well, like, obviously we had a few days where we unwound and started to deal with everything. And then we had the day when the, the I think it was a day later, that the vicar came round and knocked on the door. And I said, um, and someone said to me, oh, the, the vicar's at the door. And I went to him. <coughs> I went, you're welcome in. But please do me a favour. I do not need God shoved down my throat right now. I just need to sort out the funeral for my daughter and I've got a certain things that I want and what I don't want. Okay, he said. I said, I want to have all things bright and beautiful. I haven't got a problem with the other song that you want to choose. And I don't want it to be morbid. I want it to be a celebration of Kaylin's life, even for two days. She's a baby. She's not She's not 90-odd. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be a celebration. <clears throat> so he was fine with that. Absolute fantastic vicar. And even the um, funeral directors we're friends with, and they were absolutely fantastic. Nothing was too much trouble, do you know what I mean? And it was really just crazy. So we did all that. And so that was fine, you know, we did that. And the vicar said to me, he said, oh, he said, it's probably going to be the new year. I said, oh, no, it's not. He went, but we might not be able to fit. I said, listen to me. I said, you cannot do this to me. You cannot put this over Christmas, that's not fair I've got a one year old daughter I need to get this sorted before Christmas please will you do what you can please can I have it before Christmas I spoke to the hospital and I begged them they said but we've got to go and do post-mortems and everything else, so please please just do it before Christmas they did that for me, they did it all to be fair to them and they did um, sort it, and we buried Kaylin on the 23rd of December. It was a funny day. Again, I was holding Kimberly as tight as tight could be. I'm surprised that poor girl wasn't strangled by I was holding her all the time. Um, and Simon, my ex, and his mum was on the other side of the grave, and he was holding on to her. And my mum and dad were stood behind me. And at one point, I thought I was going to collapse and fall in, in with her. And my dad just held my arm, and he said, Sue, stop. 
And I said, what? He said, look up in the tree. I looked up in the tree, and there was a blackbird at the top. Just well, It wasn't the top. It was literally just above our heads. And it was looking over us. And my dad said to me, He's watch, she's watching over you through a blackbird. She's making sure that you're okay. And you will be okay. So we did, obviously we did the funeral, and we got that sorted. Obviously Christmas Eve was very difficult because you get the Christmas Eve and obviously New Year's Eve as well, but Christmas Eve when they're having the babies that are born on Christmas and had to deal with all of that as well. And then we had the Christmas Day. I got up on Christmas Day and decided, as much as I didn't want to forget Kaylin, I wanted Christmas to be for Kimberley. I wanted it to be for Kimberley. So that morning we got up and I said, right, we'll just have a few minutes remembering about Kaylin, then the day is about Kimberley. <clears throat> when we buried Kaylin, we buried two teddy bears for her. One was um, an ordinary te- little teddy bear and another one was a lamb, a little lamb teddy bear. So... Anyway, and that was all that we put in, and, we, and I put a note in as well. So, anyway, we started, and I said, right, let's start opening the presents. Let's just chill. Let's have fun with Kimberly. Today's the day for Kimberly. We opened the first present. Kaylin had obviously decided that it was her Christmas too. A present from my cousin was the exact same teddy bear that we'd buried in her grave exact same lamb with the same colour and ex- identical the same <coughs> I just looked and said obviously Kaylin wants to be here too okay Kaylin you're part of it too and we had a really nice Christmas all considering it was a nice Christmas so then we had everything else to deal with after that you know sorting of out trying to get our lives back into sorted and then we found out that a friend of ours had literally just had a baby boy as well. And they invited us round, which I thought was lovely. You know, at the end of the day, it put me in a difficult position, but they still invited us round. So I said, yes, that's fine, we'll go. So we went. And my ex at the time had to be clever. We went, and I didn't want to hold the baby. That was no disrespect to the baby. I just wanted to be there, get out of the house, and just say congratulations. I didn't want to feel no thing for them, do you know what I mean, or them to have to hide the baby or whatever. And he had to hold it, ask me if I wanted to hold him and everything. And I said, no, I don't want to do all of that. And he couldn't understand it. And we got home, and he had a right go. And he said, oh, you know, you, you're just pathetic. It's just a baby, you know, and I meant... I haven't even got over my own. Just let me unwind myself. So anyway, it ended up that, you know, even before I was pregnant, I'd had stresses all through the pregnancy because I had mental abuse. I'd got, I was being having a go out. I wasn't allowed out of the house. If I drove, what if something happened, he said. Do you mean? Life's too short. You should be able to go out whether you're pregnant or you're not. You should be able to do things whether you're pregnant or not. And... It was literally, I wasn't able to go out. I, my friend had got a pub across the road. They used to go over there and everybody would look after me over there and stuff. And it was great. You know, I had my time out. But it was just mass. It was just depression I'd got where I just didn't know what I wanted to do. <clears throat> so over the next few weeks, I started to find my feet and started to decide, you know, I need to get on. 
And at the beginning of January, I suddenly had an idea. I could either sit there and grieve over the loss of my daughter, or I could literally take it upon myself to do something else. Sue, being asked Sue, decided that she was going to set up an event. (laughs) Yes, I set up an event. I organised a barn dance and a bingo before, I think it was the middle of March it was done, and I literally raised over two grand, £2,000. And I literally did that because I felt that I wanted to raise that £2,000 so the family that needed to get their baby to Birmingham could go. No hospital should be short of a couple of grand to be able to pay for a piece of um, machinery or equipment or whatever to be able to transport a baby. And so I got that £2,000. I was in the paper and it said, for the love of Kaylin. That for the love of Kaylin has continued from the day that she passed and will continue forever. I think of all the people that have lost children and I feel fortunate in the sense that I was able to hold Kaylin for two days. I was able to keep her with me for two whole days. I got to see her beautiful face. I got to see her and also Sodi Kimley. But the thing is, I feel sorry for poor people that have miscarriages that don't get to hold their babies. I feel sorry for the people, of course, at Connecticut, that lost their children at such a beautiful age when they're just getting to find their feet, when they're just getting to find their own. Also, the mums and dads that lose their kids at 20-year-old. How devastating to have them for 20 years and have them ripped from you. I have helped so many people by the what the loss that I have received, but I think of how much good that I've done for people as well. And that's why I do this show tonight. I want anybody to call in that's lost a baby, who's been affected by the Connecticut, or whatever you want to call back, whatever you're lost tonight. Christmas is a time for giving and a time for sharing and sharing the love all over the world. And this is what the world is lacking. And I want everybody to get together for Cayman, for Connecticut, and for all of those people who have lost babies, children, family members during this time. No time's a good time, but Christmas is obviously a real bad time. <clears throat> now, I had a funny feeling that somebody I know may ring in tonight, and with no further ado, of course he's here, the lovely Howard. Hi, Howard, how are you doing? How are you, my friend? I just wanted to call in, too. I've been listening, and I was very touched by what you said. There's not much I can really say, but... Sorry, Howard, we can hardly hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, yep. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you how touched I was by what you said and how much our friendship means means to me, and I'm, I'm just so happy God brought us together, and I just love you like a sister. And, um, you know, one thing I will say, you're always there for people, and... You know, we need we need to be there for you right now. So I just want to tell you how much I love you. Big hugs and kisses from Leslie and I and Rosie. And our friendship means the world to me, Sue. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. The thing is, though, Howard, you know, people are so negative at the moment. You know, there's so much hatred and everybody trying to beat at each other. And reality is 
We've all got each other. We've all got our families. We, oh, I've, I've got most of my family. Some I've got the family tree and cut, cut it down, do you know what I mean? But, you know, and I just think I'm lucky I've got four beautiful children. I, I'm lucky that I'm okay. Well, besides having this flu or whatever it is. But, you know, people should be grateful for what they've got, not what they haven't got. People shouldn't be here to judge others or things, you know. If anybody could have said to me, I could do anything to have a few more hours with Kaylin or I could have done something to make a change. I would have done anything. So why can't we do anything just for each other? Exactly, exactly. Well, that's, you know, that's what you're trying to do on your show. That's what I try to do through the events. And as I said, you coming into my life is a true gift, Sue, and I mean it from my heart. And I know a lot of us, a lot of us I'm not going to go into names, there's too many, but a lot of us feel that way about you. And it's genuine, <laughs> and we just love you to death. Thank you very much. Uh, I must just say that obviously I do the um, readings as well, and I've helped a lot of people. And Cindy, who's in the um, chat tonight, don't worry, Cindy. I'm not going to go into your life, darling. But I spoke to Lynn, Cindy for quite a, quite a while on chat last night on Facebook, and she is an amazing person who's gone through a lot. And do you know what? She's absolute a star. She's another one who helps people all the way out there, who makes a difference. We've got, and you know, and. I do the psychic readings because I try to help people, and I, obviously that my spiritual part made me realize that Kaylin has just not passed. She's just gone over to another side where there's none of this hatred. There is just love, and everybody shares that love. Do you mean? And <coughs> we just got to make that difference on this side, not just that. You know, why are we saying that, you know, they've gone to a better place? Why can't we make that better place here? Well, we're trying, Sue. We're trying, but there's no doubt she's very proud of you for what you've accomplished and things you are going to do. Because I know you're on a, you know, you're just going to keep going and going, and I'm there with you. And as I said, all of us just love you so, so much, and you need to know that, my friend. Oh, uh, thank you. That means a lot. It means a lot. On behalf of and everyone I that, on behalf of everyone that's not calling in, and I know who, you know, I know who, tr who truly your friends are, and just big, big hugs to you and and all your kids because that's how much you mean to us and. You have certainly made a difference in our lives, so you truly, truly have. Yeah. I, I've just got to ask everybody to send some healing for poor Jamie and Emma and Jana that, and Bill and myself that aren't feeling very well at the moment. And poor Jamie is, has got sciitis. He's sitting on the sofa, lying on the sofa here, and the odd is Jamie, who's got sciitis, bless him. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if I hear the word mummy one more time today... <laughs> Happy to but, say, my, my wife is doing my wife is doing much much better. She's walking around and giving me orders, so I know she's feeling better. Excellent, excellent. Long as she's keeping you in line, we're all all right. <laughs> That's anyway. And I wanted to just call in Sue and, and 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 just know how much we all love you, and of course myself. You're like a sister to me, and uh, we are truly family, my friend. Truly, truly family. Oh, definitely. We've made such a big family, haven't we? Literally, all over the world, we're all connected, and it's been amazing. We have. I'm not going to mention the name, but we know who brought us together. I'm, I'm not going to mention the name today, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, but we do know we do know who brought us together, and uh, I'm thankful for that. So I'll be looking yeah, forward definitely. to our show on Tuesday, my friend, and big hugs and kisses from Leslie and I and everyone else out there. Okay, then, Howard, thank you so much for calling in. Okay, honey, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, then, love. Okay, okay love good bye night. Bye. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. And what an amazing angel he is, too. And, um, Cindy, if you want to call in, by all means, call in, okay? 347-327-9694, or from the UK, 
327-9694. If you've lost a little one, maybe you've lost a a family member just recently, (coughs) and you're having trouble dealing with it, give us a call in. 347-327-9694. It literally just takes a minute. Give us a call in. Um, And also, you know, let your friends know what we're doing tonight. Maybe there's a friend that you know that needs our support. By all means, give us a call in and uh, see if we can help you in any way. Now, I'm not certain, but I think this may be Cindy. Hi, Cindy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Sue? Feeling better. Well, hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully doing? you do feel better soon. Yes. So, so obviously, we had a good long conversation last night via the old chat on Facebook. How are you feeling today? We did. I have to tell you, I am feeling fantastic today. Um, Becky and I spent many hours up last night talking, and we have been dealing with um, the loss of twins um, recently. She miscarried twins in October, and so that has been very, very rough for us. Um, This is her third pregnancy loss, and it has just been crazy. Hmm. So, so when did you know? I know how did you lose the little ones? Was it a miscarriage, or how far in were you? Um, the first time Becky lost her child, the first pregnancy, she had an atopic pregnancy, and was not aware she was pregnant at all. Um, she was 19. It almost killed her. Um, the second time was last year in September, and um. She was approximately almost three months along when she miscarried. Um, This time it was roughly about six weeks. Um, Of course, we had only been told that she was pregnant with one. Um, The other had attached itself to the outside of her fallopian tube. And um, the best bet to save her life was to basically... Um, in other words, abort the second child because otherwise it could have killed her. Yeah. Um, she had miscarried the one and then had to um, get on a drug that they used for chemotherapy. They had to give her injections um, to abort the second child. Um, she actually was going to call in today, but she can't. She's She, she insisted we listen to the show, which we would have anyway but um, she's sitting here a mess right now um, because of how rough this has been for her. Um, We've met some fantastic people through all of this, um, you being one of them, and we know that now that we are in a healing stage and that we're going to be okay. Yeah. Can I can I ask, have you been offered any counselling or any help at all since losing them? No, she has not. See, this is what gets me, that I don't believe that there is enough help. There is help if you look for it, but there's no help offered. Do you mean? No, there's now, not. That, <clears throat> we've got in um, the UK um, a charity called SANS, and they literally will put your, your child's name. It doesn't matter if, if it was... It touch the earth plane or not, they will put their name in a book and everything. Do you know what I mean? And 
There is not many people that can actually talk about it. I mean, I'm okay now. You know, it's 16 years down the line. I'm not saying that I don't get upset sometimes, and there's things that will trigger me, maybe, you know, or if I'm having a bit of a downtime, you know, I'll, I'll talk to her. But I feel like she's always around me. And, Becky, I need to say to you, and you also, Cindy, don't always see it as a loss. Look at what you've gained. I know that's really hard to deal with right now, and, and it takes a lot to get over this, okay? But what I'll say to you is, look at what you've gained. You yeah. will come out better people because you are different, you are stronger, and you have got your precious own angels. Ones that will watch over you 100%, okay? That doesn't make it any better by any means, but I even now... And 16 years ago, don't get me wrong, if there's anything that I could do to get her back, I would fight till the hilt. That's not a problem. That's not an issue. But what I'm saying is I believe that everything happens for a reason. And now, that's too. really hard for some people to believe. And, and I, I struggle with myself. But I, over Kaylin, I don't think it was the right time for me. Yeah. I don't think it was the right time for me. I was in a relationship where I wasn't happy. And I think that she sacrificed her life for me to realize that I was not in a good place and she gave me a chance to do a fresh. If I'd have had her and I'd have kept her and she was here with me, I would have been still in a relationship that I wasn't happy with, but I felt that I needed to stay with because of the kids. Yep. And that's not good. And and we're kind of in a similar situation at this point. Um because of our living situation and so forth. Um, but, you know, I know that the time will be right. I think you know, well, you know because of what we talked about yesterday, but we're we're working towards that right now. And um, I feel, I felt refreshed after after speaking with you yesterday and then sitting down with Becky yesterday and, working through some of the emotions we hadn't. Um, because when you're caught up in what is going on around you, when you're caught up in the pain and the loss, you don't tend to deal with the emotions. You just kind of let them go. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and don't you find that I'm picking up with you two that you're trying to protect each other but actually both of you want to say stuff to each other, but you're so busy trying to protect each other, you're not actually telling each other what your feelings are. And and that was the case until last night. Good. Because we, we like, I, like I told you earlier today, um, we have been, we were up until almost 4 o'clock this morning talking, <laughs> going through things that we had to talk about. That can't be cursing me now. <laughs> No, no, I just I woke up late. I had 20 minutes to get ready to, for the show. <laughs> Becky looks at me and goes, "What time is the show?" And I was like, "It's on in 20 minutes." She goes, "We gotta get up now." <laughs> so I used to let the dogs out and get my computer set up for the show. But you know, I I know that Becky has been dealing with this. And yesterday, she came across some random person online that decided to tell her that. Each pregnancy loss got easy, should get easier by the third time. It shouldn't hurt at all. Oh, that's and bullshit. It, Sorry, yeah, but... it was complete bullshit. And <clears throat> she, 
she she lost it. Like she, um, we we found this group on Facebook called Grieving Mothers, and I've actually posted the link to the show and your new page in there, um, because they have helped us so much through the last this last um, miscarriage, especially. Um, Becky's also dealing with the year anniversary of the loss of her father. He died last year after Christmas, or after Thanksgiving, rather. Um, so it's it's been very rough. Um, this year, the the miscarriage in October, the anniversary of her dad passing in November, and the year anniversary in September of her miscarriage last year. It's been an emotional roller coaster to say the least. But I know yeah. that without me being here, she would not be as strong as she is. She would not have gotten through this miscarriage the way she did. Yeah. You two are literal peas in a pod, okay? And you two found each other for a reason. Right? I've got We've been friends for 13 years, Sue. Yep. I've got goosebumps up my neck. <laughs> right? And all I'm going to say to both of you, Becky, this counts for you as well. Anytime you want to talk, right, you can message me on Facebook anytime you like. Anytime you see the green light on, well, actually, if I'm honest, sometimes the green light isn't on on the chat because if I did, I wouldn't get a minute, right? So just message me and say, Sue, when you've got a minute, can you give us a shout? And I'm here for you, right? There, okay. I nobody can help it, unless they've been through it. And that's, okay? and that's what we're finding. That's what we're finding. People think they understand. People think they know what we're going through when in actuality they don't. They have no clue. And no. It's, it's like I, I've told a few people, yes, I'm, they might not have been my blood children, but they were my children because yeah. I love Becky. And I was there through her, with her through the pain through the last two miscarriages. Um, last year when she miscarried, her and I were not together, but we were best friends. And I remember late night phone calls and... I just want to die, and me having to tell her that that was not the way that this happened for a reason, and that we need that she needed to make sure that she was going to be okay, and that if she didn't get through this, then she wouldn't have another chance, and um, that's what brought her and I so close. But you're right, Sue. We are two peas in a pod. Everybody tells us that. But but the thing is. Like I told you yesterday, before I'd actually spoken to you and before we actually got talking properly last night on the old chat, I just picked up so negativity and some, so much negativity around you that I just said to Howard, I said, no, I said, there's just too much negativity. And what I want to say to people is, <coughs> I usually say to people, go by your gut instinct. Okay? But on the other side of that, Sometimes you can be picking up vibes of people just because how they're feeling. And yeah. I did apologize to you in the message last night because I said to you, I did judge by what I felt. Okay? Well, and, and, and I, I've... Go ahead, sorry. No, it's okay. And I just... Um, <laughs> sorry. I've just got to say a quick hello to somebody, okay? I've okay. got somebody called Axon Radio with Axon and Cat. And they put, hey, I'm nine years old, and I just made my radio station today. And they just inboxed me off the chat. So to the, the little guy who's a, sorry, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. So um, by all means, type in the chat and tell us about yourself, okay? 
Axon Radio with Axander or something. So by all means, sorry. Um, but what I want to say is it's like people try to understand and people say, oh, you know, come on, pull yourself together and, and everything. And it's like people pick up vibes off you. But the trouble is the vibes off you are not ones of negativity as such. It's because of how you feel about yourself because you don't know how to deal with it. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And you have people saying, oh, pull yourself together, you'll be all right, you know. Hold on, no, they won't be all right. They're, they, they're stressed out. They don't need you to say, get yourself together. You just need to talk them through it and be there to listen. It's not, yep. I can remember somebody, um, a friend of mine saying to me, the trouble with you, Sue, is you're always trying to mend things. Sometimes it's not needed to be mended. It just needs to be listened to. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? There's a time to listen. There's a time to talk. There's a time to shut up. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I agree. And when I you've agree been, wholeheartedly. Yeah, and when you've been through it, you actually pick up the signs of when you need to talk, when you need to listen. When you, and last night, I needed to give you some positive thoughts and a belief. Do you know what I mean? Yep. If I'd have just said, as Sue, as Sue, you need to do this, this, and this, you'd have said, oh, get lost. What does she know? Do you know what I mean? Yep. But the fact that my spiritualism was able to help you as well by giving you proofs, proof of things too, that made it easier. It did. I'm not saying to everybody, you've got to be spiritual to deal with stuff. I am not. I'm not telling anybody that. But you've got to have a belief. And it doesn't matter yep. what you believe in, whether it's God, brethren, you know, anything. Even believe in yourself. But yep. you've got to have a belief to be able to get through. And and um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Because, you know, I most people don't know this, but I have an eight-year-old daughter who I don't get to see. And um, some days I feel like I've completely lost her because... I don't get to see her. I don't get to talk to her. I I haven't seen her in almost three years, and it kills me every day. I can only imagine what losing a child would feel like because I've, I, in my mind, I've come as close as I can without actually losing a child. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where a lot of my my issues mentally and emotionally lie is with the loss of my daughter. The physical loss of my daughter, not the not, not the worldly loss of my daughter. If that makes but any you know sense what? at all. The thing is, people may say yes, but you haven't actually lost her. But then I always say to people, don't look at always look at it how it seems. I look at you and I think to myself, what would be worse, actually losing a daughter or knowing she's there and not being able to see it? I actually reckon that yours would be harder, right? And that's not a competition. It, it, I'm not saying it it's is. competition. I it say, I know, I know where my Kaylin is. I know that yep. she's watching over me and everything. But for people to say, well, at least she's alive, at least she's about it. this Cindy doesn't even know the score. If she's not seen her for three years, that not knowing must be so bad. That, but Cindy, what, what is it? What's making you not go and find her? I know where she is. But the issue lies with the fact that my mother refuses to let me see her. Um, she, my brother just recently got in some major trouble, 
and he has tried to blame things on me that weren't true. And because of that, my mother won't let me see my daughter. And recently um, someone contacted me and said, I need your mailing address. And I'm like, why do you need my mailing address? Nobody just asked me for my mailing address. And she said, your mom wants it. And I'm like, no, if you want to give her anything, give her my phone number, because then at least I know I can attempt to try to talk to my daughter. Hmm. What, how did it all start then, Cindy? What, what started all this off? Well, my mother, I was in an abusive relationship for two years, for two years with her father. And he, um, I couldn't get away from him. No matter what I tried to do, it wasn't happening. And my mother saw us together and decided that she was going to try to protect Emily, which is my daughter, um, by calling the police on me and having her taken away. Um knowing that she would go to my mom, um, who couldn't have any more children and who wanted to raise a child from a very young age um, with my stepfather. Um, I have my speculations on why she really did it, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I fought for two years to try to get her back. Um, Finally, I was given an ultimatum. I was told that either I needed to, either, either I needed to sign over my parental rights and be able to be a part of Emily's life for the rest of it, or they were going to take my rights, and I wouldn't be able to see, hear, nor talk to her until she was 18, which meant also that I wouldn't be able to have my family. And so I signed over my rights, and I said, okay, um, I'm supposed to have an open adoption, which hasn't happened. Um, in the last three years, I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen her. I haven't gotten any pictures. I haven't nothing. Um, I'm in the process of trying to find an attorney who will take my case um, to try to help me get my at least open adoption rights back because I know I have them. I'm supposed to get um, pictures three times a year, a phone call at least once a month, and a visit at least once a year. And I haven't gotten that. No, anything. Nothing. Not in the last three years. Whew. That's difficult. It is. It's very difficult, too. Um, sometimes I don't know how to cope. I mean, honestly, I there are days where all I want to do is cry. Um, Emily just turned eight in November, and it was crazy for me. Hmm. It's it's all of that not knowing. You know, it's hard to know because you don't know what she's turning out like. You don't know what personality she's got. Does she look like you? Does she follow like you? Does she has she got little motions of of you, or is has she gone like her dad? Do you know what I mean? I know that the last pictures that I have of her, which was was the last time I saw her, she looks so much like me. It's not even funny. Mm. Um, she looks identical to me. Um, there's no doubt that that child is mine. Um, at all. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll post a picture in the chat room so everybody can see. But, um, cause I am very proud of her regardless if I have her or not. Um, I know that she will be an amazing, amazing woman when she grows up. <laughs> and, um, 
without me, she wouldn't be here, and I know that. And it's it's just the fact that, you know, I, I don't get to see her and I don't get to talk to her and um, all of that that is the worst for me because I feel like I've lost her completely. And I know that she's alive and I know that she's out there, but the grief I feel is almost as if I have lost her fully, as almost as if she is not alive. Because I almost think that at least then I would know she was watching over me and that she was there and I could talk to her anytime I wanted to because she would be right there. And that's not the case right now. Do you know what? I've actually heard, and this is going a bit spiritual now, so don't go freaky on me, but um, (laughs) I know that people that do long-distance healing and all sorts, my thought to you is if people can do long-distance healing, there is nothing saying you can't do long-distance messages. Just literally pass your thoughts and what you're thinking to her. And I think I have done that before because there was one time when a couple of years, well, the year before um, I stopped, the the year before I stopped getting my visitation, um, I said, Emily, just call me. Emily, just call me. And I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. I just wanted to hear her voice. And ten minutes went by and my phone rang, and it was Emily. And Mm. there's no way that she knew that I wanted her to call me otherwise. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think that I do have that connection with her. Um, I know I have that connection with my dad. We, We do it all the time. But... It's it's frustrating. Yeah. So how far away does she live from you? Um, she lives about eight hours from me. She what? Sorry. She lives about eight hours from me. Right. <clears throat> I just want to say to anybody that knows an attorney or knows anybody that's got help that they can give, whether or not that's now or maybe if you're listening to the archives your attorney or you know somebody please give us an email ask sue show at gmail.com anybody that can give um cindy any advice any support or just literally for the phone call just to say um please give us an email ask sue show at gmail.com and also if there's other people in the chat tonight that are listening who have been through the same situation or you would like to talk to us, please give us a call in 347-327-9694. Or if you're listening to the archives and you can sort of take a lot of this, by all means, give us an email at show at gmail.com. Now, Cindy, do you want to hold the line? We're just going to have a bit <coughs> a cough, sorry, um, <laughs> have um, a bit of a tune and then we'll come back. Do you want to hold the line or do you want to uh, go and have a cup of tea? Uh, I'll go ahead and hold the line, Sue. Okay, well, we'll just play and hold for a minute, and then we're just going to have a bit of a song, and then we'll be back, okay? Okay. Okay, and so I want to thank Cindy for being on this part of the show. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes, but I want to play this beautiful song. I must admit, I did play this yesterday as well, but it's a beautiful song. And let's think about all those that have passed, those angels that are watching over us, whether they've stepped on the earth plane with us, or whether they didn't quite reach there. Whether they were here for 20 years and were taken, and also those that were robbed of their lives in Connecticut, China, 
and all of the other places where all of these children are being killed for no reason. Let's just all get together and send healing, loving thoughts to every single family that is dealing with grief at the moment, whether it's been two years ago, two months, two minutes, 20 years, however long. Let's just share the love and listen to this song and bring us all together. I'll be back after this song. There's an angel Contemplate my faith Do they know The places where we go When we're gray and old Cause I have been told That salvation Let's sail wings on So when I'm lying in my bed Thoughts running from my head And I feel that love is dead I'm loving angels instead And through where
It's okay. It's okay, everybody. Your sound hadn't gone. That was me because I hadn't put everything on. I was so busy chatting, making sure everybody was okay in the chat room. Um, hi, and welcome back to the show. Hope everybody's all okay. I'd like to welcome back Cindy to the show. Hi, Cindy. Okay? Yes, I'm here. Good. Is Becky okay? Becky's okay. She's actually smiling right now. Um, <laughs> the song makes her cry every time she hears it. But um, other than that, she's doing great. Good, good. Well, big hugs to Becky, and she's she's been very brave because, I mean, sometimes you can't even listen to shows like this because it is too much. So, you know, Becky, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from, love, and uh, hope you're okay. Um, <clears throat> also, I've just got to say I've had a lady that was in, in the chat room before called Adrian. Adrian, if you are listening but you're not into the chat, by all means, give us a call in, 347-327-9694. And also to Cynthia Gibbs Ritchie Hislop. Um, hi to you. Um, she says that her son was murdered 97 days ago today. Um, Cynthia, if you'd like to call in to show, you're more than welcome. 347-327-9694. Um, give us a ring in and come and have a natter with us. Um, so where where do you feel like you want to go from here, Cindy? Have you got things that you you know you've sort of put into place after talking to Becky? Um, yeah, we um we have made a couple of decisions. I'm not gonna elaborate on those right now, but um we are going to continue working on the things we're working on. Um one of the things that we're working on is emotional healing. Um because neither of us have spent a lot of time trying to emotionally heal. Um, yeah. I, I have a lot of um, pent-up emotion and um, some pent-up anger as well, um, mostly towards my mother. Um, and I've been slowly dealing with that, um, but it's very hard. Um, I posted a status on, on my Facebook yesterday that said, you know, I'm here and there, but... If I'm not online and I'm not working, don't worry, I'm okay, basically. I'm just working on me um, yeah. because I, as you know and Howard knows and quite a few other people know, I, I do so much for the animals that and for other people that sometimes I forget about me. And yep. I tend to do that more so than not. And right now I have a 50-pound pit bull looking at me saying, Mommy, I love you, because <laughs> she 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 just climbed up on Becky's lap. She is our emotional healer in this house, and she just climbed up on Becky's lap. She's got her paws wrapped around her neck, and she has her head on her shoulders, and she's giving Becky the biggest pit bull hug I think I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? I can totally vouch for that. We've got um, Felix, one of the cats, right? And all of them are love- loving. They're all beautiful cats. 
but we've got Felix that we've had since he was a kid, and he's getting on a bit now. And soon as you're poorly, he knows. That's yep. all I can say to people. He just knows. He comes up to you, and he will literally lie on wherever's hurting. He literally, before, literally, was I was lying on the sofa, and I woke up, and he literally got his paws in my neck, and he was literally lying across my chest and was just so snug. And people say, oh, no, they don't know. I remember having a, mig- a real bad migraine, and my brother came and took the kids because I was so, I was so poorly with it. And I woke up. I had got a dog behind my legs on the sofa, one lying on the floor alongside the sofa, and I got the other one literally lying on my side, literally on the body, with her body, a big fat Rottweiler, on my body, right along with her head on my face. I woke up feeling as if I was paralysed because I couldn't even move. But it was literally, you know, like people have said, it was to keep me warm, it was to keep me safe, and they just knew, you yep. know. And and I have one of one of my one of my pit mixes is my service dog, and when I have a migraine coming on, she will know before I do, and yeah. she will come over and she will put her paws on my chest and she will just look at me, and she won't let me move until I lay down or I take my pill, and yeah. she will just, she just knows. Yeah. We just recently got a new one, a new dog, and he's 80 pounds, and he's only a pup. He's only 11 months old. He's a big boy. Oh, bless. And what, what sort is he? He's a pit. He's a pit bull. I, right. We only have one in the house that doesn't have any pit in it at all, and that's our Jack Russell Terrier, who yeah. is Becky's baby. She's had him since he was seven weeks old. And oh, bless. he is actually now curled up on her chest giving her love. <laughs> because it's time to talk about me, Mum. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um hi Shorty. Hi Shorty, bud. Um but Shorty is our newest. He uh he's our big boy. Get up there. Oh bless. See this is the thing we don't have pit bulls in the UK, but I mean I've got the Rotty and she is absolutely beautiful. She just knows she just senses, she just knows, that's all I can explain, do you know what I mean? It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. It, it really is. You know, I, as as most people know, my, my breed of choice is Pitbull. Um, and um, right now I have one on either side of me. I have a 50-pounder and an 80-pounder <laughs> um, <laughs> sitting here on the couch. And uh, you can't lick my face, I'm talking. Um and they both just, they both, um, they both have saved me. Um, and Aurora, who is our, our ten, well, nine-month-old female, she, uh, we rescued her when she was nine weeks old. And she was actually um, Becky's and my Mother's Day present this year to each other. Um, oh, bless. Because at that point, we both needed something young to mother and to take care yes. of. And um, we got her, um, she was actually going to be used as bait um, in a pit bull fighting ring, and we rescued her. And um, in the process of us rescuing her, she saved our lives. Um, We wholeheartedly believe that. And because without her at that time, Mother's Day is horrible for both of us. Yeah. Um, And... Um, 
My me because they made me sign my rights over the Friday before Mother's Day. Um, my birthday is messed up. Christmas is messed up. Like every holiday that's ever meant anything to me has been messed up with this stuff with my daughter, and it's it's taken a lot to try to get it back. Um, yeah. Aurora, stop. Gosh. But. <laughs> Well, listen, what I'm going to say is to everybody, if anybody knows of an attorney or anybody that can help Cindy, please give us an email, asksueshow at gmail.com. Or if anybody can understand where Cindy's coming from and what she's been through, by all means, give us a call in, 347-327-9694. So I'm going to let you get off, Cindy, and go and, uh, go and see Becky. Make sure you're both are okay. Um, you know, go and chill. And uh, thank you very much for ringing into the show tonight. I really appreciate it. No problem, Sue. Thank you for having me. No, it's quite all right. It's my pleasure. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye, Becky. Bye-bye. Bye. And I want to thank everybody that's in the chat room. I'm just going to literally have one minute while I just check out the phone lines because we've got a few people that are waiting on hold. And we'll be back in just one minute, okay? So just let's see. Hold on there, and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Ask Sue Show. I'd like to thank Cindy Martin for literally coming onto the show, and uh, I really appreciate you joining us tonight, Cindy. It's it's very hard to literally be able to come in, so please, um, you know, if anybody can help, that would be brilliant. Um, I want to know if Cynthia can actually call into the show. If anybody can, um, if anybody knows an attorney. It sounds like we've got quite a few people that are in the same situation that are actually needing that support. So please, um, if you're actually... Uh, hold on a minute. Let me just see. Um, Cynthia says she's in queue, so let me just have a look. Uh, Cynthia, is this you? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hi, Cynthia. How are you doing? I'm not too good. My son was murdered like 97 days ago today, and I'm just having a hard time with it. And you know, and I, it's my, Monday is my birthday, and I'm hoping that maybe they'll have some resolution because they've not found his remains, or if they did to refine his remains, they're not releasing them to me yet. So, please don't really, to me, being, it's more like a cover-up thing, and I'm really, I'm really upset about it, and I've been, you know, searching to find his remains. Right, okay. 
You, uh, firstly, I just want to send my deepest sympathy for you. You know, how, what was the relationship like with you and your son? Very close, very close. We've seen him every day, talked to him every day. He was 27, he had three daughters. Two daughters, one's going to be born next month, and now no father, so. Good grief. You know, yeah. and, and the thing is, it's, again, like I said earlier in the show, Cynthia, it's the not knowing, isn't it, as much as, yeah, you know. Yeah, not knowing is the worst, yes. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, I mean, people say it's bad for me because I've lost my daughter, and it is. I'm not, say, I'm not taking my loss lightly, but... I'm mm-hmm. saying to people, I know where she is. It, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know what's happened. I know where she is. I know that she's watching over me. But the not knowing must be absolute devastating. What, what the was the story, it, Cynthia? Yeah. What, where did it all what well, happen? Well, he was here, and he was he was standing right here, and he um, him and Amy got into an argument, and he was supposed to grandma his grandfather's house, so they got into an argument that night here at my house, and he was pretty upset, and he left with a friend of his to go through the night, the friend and his wife's. Now he was renting from this friend before renting, and the guy um, the guy and his wife were real heavy in drugs, so he quit renting over there. He told me they were like creeping him out, so they quit going over there. But he was upset that night, so I imagine he went over there probably just to go maybe get high. He was trying to clean up. He was going to a drug maintenance program, you know, and everything. He was just very upset that night, so I'm assuming that's why he went over there. And I told him before he left here to leave his medication with me, his prescription medication, because it's worth a lot of money on the street. And I had a feeling these people might try and rob him. Well, sure enough, the next morning he called me at 8.37 a.m. and told me to come pick him up. He had said that uh, he missed his, his maintenance program and uh, could I come pick him up and that he can't find his phone. He stayed the name in the same neighborhood I live in. And it's not a bad neighborhood. The people are just really messed up. So at 8.37 a.m., 97 days ago today, today, Saturday, I went to pick him up. And within 30 minutes, he had... They killed him, murdered him, and they told me he left up walking. But people, the same, the same period of time, they 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 um bleached the house down, removed the carpet out of the house, the house was a foreclosure, and they got up and they actually abandoned their home. <laughs> and the police did very little to search for the body, and really just let the guy go. And I said, I don't know what's going on. It's like what in the hell? And they wouldn't even really put it on the, on the paper in the news for seven days or nine days after they found a body in Crystal River, Florida. They came and got my DNA, and then they put it on the news in the paper one day that he was missing. That was a missing. No, my son is dead, and I want to know what is going on here. And they just won't give me anything, you know. So I've been out searching myself to find his remains. Like I say, he was 27 years old. His name was Kenny, and we're from Citrus County, Florida. Horrible. Have you had any support whatsoever, Cynthia? No, I was seeing a therapist. I was just seeing a therapist before this happened with him because I've been depressed and stuff anyway. So I was seeing a therapist, and uh, I haven't really seen her since he, he's passed because I just really can't. I just went to this heavy. I'm a Sagittarius, so I should not be in this depression, but I'm in this very heavy depression right now. And it's just since this has happened, it's like basically every moment of every day, I can't stop thinking about you know where is this child? You know, I just I know he's not with us anymore, and I know he's in a better place. But I want to, I want a proper burial, and I want his body found so they can do an autopsy. You know, I don't feel at peace with not having it. And the seven-year-old wants to know where her father is, you know. And, of course, we told her that he had some heart problems and maybe he, you know, he had passed on. And she's very upset about it, but she wants to know why we're not having a funeral. So it's very important that we get his remains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's absolutely devastating for the family. I mean, trying to get to grips with it anyway, but the fact that you can't have an answered story must be or just something else. Right, Exactly. 
Um, if anybody's in the chat room who can actually help as far as an attorney's or anything, you know, if anybody's got any advice or, I don't know, any, I mean, I'm in the UK to be honest, Cynthia, but, you know, if there's anybody that can help at all with, with Cindy or Cynthia, it sounds like we've got quite a thing where there isn't support in the U, in the US for you, for people are losing people, do you know what I mean? I know. They need to, be, they need to have this help. Mm-hmm. <coughs> It's bad. I mean, obviously, Christmas is a real bad time for you. Um, What exactly are you doing? Um, You're saying that obviously you're looking for your son and everything. I mean, have you any idea? I'm talking to different psychics and stuff, trying to get a feel of where he's at. But at the same time, this man and his wife, uh, I just found out after my son, I was doing a lot of research. There was a man that went missing with him, and his name was Kenny, too. My son's name was Kenny, and this man's name was Kenny, too, in 1995. The guy was having an affair with this John, John guy's wife, and he took him out fishing, and that guy was never going to be found again. Now I'm like, my son's the second one that I know of that has gone with him missing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, this is just crazy. So I've been out, do, like, do doing this investigating. Yeah, do you think there's been a mix-up of names? Do I what? Do you think then that there's been a mix-up of names? There's been something happened that they thought your Kenny was somebody else? Um, well, as far, uh, no, no, my, the other came was in 95, mine was just like 97 days, but I think sometimes with the psychics that they're bringing in, in the beginning it was in the woods and near parks and stuff, and all of a sudden it was like water, water started coming in, and his readings, and why would he be in water? That was the other Kenny, the other Kenny was never found, he went out fishing in the Gulf of Mexico, and they never found that body, you know what I'm saying, so... Yes, yeah. this guy yeah. has got away with it, and it's like crazy. It's almost like he's been protected by the police because they just let him get up and go. I'm like, oh my goodness! Mm. Just, and I heard they're trying to pin it on someone else. But the, my son said the night at their home, the woman's arm was scratched. They are the one that's bleached the carpet out. They they are the one that um, you know, bleached the carpets and to remove the carpets out of the house. They abandoned their home, and the man had traded his Mustang in at the car dealership with no carpet in the trunk of it. So, I mean, the, just the behavior there tells you, you know, this ain't right. You know what I'm saying? And the police just let them go. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I don't yeah. know if it's, um, I just don't know. Good grief. I mean, I just want to say to you, my deepest sympathy goes to you and your family. You know, it's a hard time at any time, isn't it? You know, but obviously coming towards Christmas and the children and everything, you know, it doesn't even bear to think about it, but it seems to me like, firstly, you need to obviously you need the support of an attorney or of some sort of, person who knows about the laws and <coughs> and, right. and everything. Now, I don't know if the police by law have to give you certain things. I mean, I don't know the laws, especially over there as well. Um, right. But there must be surely something about withholding stuff from you. That's what I'm trying to say, and not even really doing a proper investigation. And the word on the street is the cops are trying to pin it on this one black guy who has committed murders before, and we know who he is. And I know for a fact my son would never be around that guy. And if that guy was coming around, my son would have left and came home because this guy has been known to murder people. And I know for a fact the guy had nothing to do with it. These people are guilty, and they are letting them go with it. And I found out after my son died that we did, I've been doing a lot of investigation. You know, we found out that he was in the Navy at one time. She was in the um, Marines. They got in trouble up north in New England states. They came here out here to Florida, and obviously he's getting in trouble again. But he, we found out he was a CI, confidential informant for the Sixth Sheriff's Department. So somehow they're covering for this guy. I'm like, this guy can't get away with murder. I don't care what kind of program he's in, witness protection or not. You know, that's wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and this is the thing. I mean, at the moment, obviously, there's all this about... You must excuse me, I've got a heck of a cold. Um, 
there's all this issue at the moment around Connecticut. I know, and they're, they're saying that this guy has obviously got a um, an issue. He's got a mental health issue, and he got this, that, and the other. And I'm saying, how do you get into a school so easily? You know, or was it easy? You know, should there have been guns in that house if he's got a mental health issue? I know, and there's so many different questions that need to be answered. But I just don't feel that the police are backing this up 100% with yourself. You know, it just mm. can't be swept un- under the carpet. It's he's a son, he's a dad. You know, and it, it just can't be, he can't just be another number. What, what is that? I didn't hear the last thing you said. Sorry, and, you know, he can't be just another number at the end of the day. Right, right. I, I can't believe that the police aren't at least, well, you know, at least being there for you. Even if the, there was information they can't tell you, at least if they gave you some support, at least. No, nothing. They're doing nothing. You know what they did? A week later, they found a body, and the homicide detective came out here. Hey, the homicide detective came to my home, and they um, they got my DNA, and he told me they found a body, and he asked me if my son, son had a tattoo, more than one tattoo this summer, and that's his daughter's name. I said, yes, he had more. So that told me that homicide detective seen my son's body, and that he could see, obviously, only recognized that one tattoo. Well, then, um, and he told me he was sorry, and he, you know, he hoped it wasn't my son. I said, well, I hope it is any resolution here. And he told me, um, I asked him, I said, was that body randomly found or was it tracked? He said, tracked. Well, the next day, the criminal detective in the case came in and told me there was no body found. And I had already known there was, I had already seen it before. This homicide detective came in and seen it on the computer. I'm like, yes, there is. He's like, no, there isn't. And so I showed him I had proof of it, and he was mad at me that I had proof of it. And I'm like, what is going on here? What is going on here, really? It's like something very corrupt, you know? Very corrupt is going on, and so since then they have t- they are testing my DNA. The tests have not come back. It's been nine. It'll be 120 days on January 17th, and I looked at my son's case number and I put it in the medical examiner's website in Florida, and he comes up as an unknown female. And then I take the homicide number that actually they're comparing to that they found, and I put it in the computer, and they also was coming up to unknown female. So thought, what are they hiding? What are they doing? I don't know. Good grief. Um, if, if there is anybody in the U.S. at all who's got connections with the police that we can talk to somebody who can actually try and explain this to us, Cynthia or, or myself or whatever, by all means give us an email at show at gmail.com or you can give us a call tonight, 347-327-9694. Has somebody actually been in the same sort of situation or is in the same situation, by all means give us a call. If you've lost a little one or you've lost a member of your family recently and you're finding it hard to cope, give us a call in. Um, or, again, give us an email. So um, what I'll say to you is um, I'll take a note of your number, Cynthia, and if I do get any emails and, or any help at all, um, I will, by of course, give you a ring and see if we can help you in any way. You know, um, But, you know, if you find out anything, by all means, keep in touch with us. You know, please don't do it all on your own. I mean, I know you've got family around you, but sometimes I'm feeling that you're strong for everybody else but breaking down on the inside. Yes, very much so. Very mm-hmm. much so. And and I think this is the trouble. A lot of people are the same. You know, we're trying to be strong for everybody else, but there's nothing, that, nobody there to support us. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Is there any charities that you can get in touch with to literally help you out at all? 
Well, when I got my Medicare, I'm just, I, I had a stroke when I was 37, and I really just got a medic, um, disability about two years ago. But I do have a therapist. I started seeing her before my son died because I've been going into it like a depression for the last four years. I was in a car accident. Ever since then, I've just been really depressed. So and I'm a Sagittarius, so it's unusual for my, my sign type to be like that. So what yeah. I did was I started seeing a therapist, and just after my son died, I just really haven't had the the strength of the energy or anything to do anything besides just focus on trying to investigate and trying to find him and I really just let myself go and I really need to know I need not to do that but Cause I'm, I'm just picking up with you that you are totally drained no I am I definitely am and you know you, you've literally put on this <coughs> you put on this big show for everybody else but you need to literally unwind Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do. Yep, I really do. I know I yeah. wish I could go into yoga or something, but I can't because I hurt my arm since my son had come missing. I fell over my rat while I twice and hit the floor, so I hurt my arm and my legs. So it's like right now I'm not even in a healthy position to be able to do some kind of meditation or yoga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My mind's yeah. constantly going, too. And it's like, I mean, I go somewhere and I try, you know, they're trying to get me out of the house to do something and forget about it. But, you know, in my back of my mind, it's always there, you know, my son, my son. Yeah. Just yeah. because it wasn't well, done, there's please, no justice, you know. Just do me a favor. Please just keep in touch. You know, if there's anything, okay. you you know, that we can help you with, even mm-hmm. if it's just for natter on the end, you know, you know, we're on Facebook. Um, right. If anything we can do to help or we can advertise for anything in particular, uh-huh. or even if you've got a picture of your son, you know, maybe we can help you to trace his last footsteps or something. I mean, anything at all, please okay. just get in touch. Okay, well, we do have a web, a web page for him on Facebook. It's uh, called Justice for Kenny Ritchie. It's R-I-T-C-H-I-E, Justice for Kenny Ritchie at Facebook. Justice for Kenny Ritchie, is that? Uh-huh, Ritchie, R-I-T-C-H-I-E, Justice for Kenny Ritchie at Facebook. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll I'll find that, and I'll, I will share that on the Ask Sue Show group for you, okay? Thank and, you. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely add myself to it, and so you'll be able to find my Facebook as well to keep in touch. Okay, I appreciate that. And, and but please, you know, you know where we are. Any time you want to get in, have a chat, and even if you want to put the world to rights or scream down my ear, that's fine too. Okay. Okay, thank you. All right, then, Cynthia, you look after yourself, love. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. And what an amazing lady, to say the least. You know, sort of gives you a piece, doesn't it? It just literally. I tell you, it, it just, for everybody who wants to whinge about something today, please tell me that this is worthy. Because, you know, we've got so many people out there that have got problems like that. And, you know, it is terrible. It is terrible. Now, I'm going to go to the next caller. I think I've got Sheena on the line. Hi, Sheena. How are you doing? Hi, I'm okay. Good, good. And have you been listening to the show? Um, yes, I have been listening so far. Uh, and have you lost anybody recently then? Um, no, the people that I've lost uh, that was significant to me was um, my mother and my best friend. My best friend in 2002 and my mother in 2006. So none recently. Right, right. I mean, you know, whereabouts are you calling from, Sheena? I'm calling from Florida. All right, okay. So obviously, you know, we've got, um, I'm in the UK and we've, uh, all over the world, we've been hearing about the Connecticut, you know, with the shooting. And, you know, 
it's just heartbreaking, you know, that even at this time of the year, you know, we've got so many people coming together and helping. And I've just got to mention as well that I've actually seen that somebody donated Christmas trees to put alongside somewhere to literally remember the, all those that have we've lost at Connecticut this this last few days. Do you know what I mean, it's just mm-hmm. unbelievable. You, what's your thoughts on it, Sheena? Um, my thought on it is that you know um, it is a very sad situation, and, and it has me, you know, being grateful or whatever for the things that I've taken for granted. You know, just as simple as you know, sending my child to school and knowing if she's going to come home safe. You know, it just makes me appreciate little things like that more. Um, we've had a couple of um, deaths in in my town or whatever right here in the same city that I live in. So when I hear about these things that happen all over, it just makes me feel like something is, you know, really going on all over uh, the world and that um, sometimes I wake up at night and I just cry and I pray for, because I believe in angels and things like that, I pray for God because I know that things are going on all around the world and it's starting to get a little, you know, kind of more prevalent mm-hmm. that you see these things going on. So I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll cry just for 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 the, the whole, you know, United States or the world and I'll ask God to send his angels out or whatever because we really need them now these days. Um, and also what I experienced, because I'm a little bit of empath myself, is that now lately, in this, in this past month or so, that all these things are going on, is that I've been feeling really drained. And I think that everybody has as a collective whole, like I'll go to the store, and uh, people will just be tired and feel really drained. So it's evident that something is going on. So it just makes me want to just pray more, you know what I mean, and appreciate yeah. Or what I have. Yep. And do, do you know what I mean? We've been going through obviously this this whole how can I put this whole shift? This all whether the world is just awakening is all I can say. And I just think that all of us. I mean, I've spoken to so many people in these last few days who said to me that they just feel drained. They just don't feel like they can hardly get up in the mornings. Um. Even myself, I mean, I'll go onto Facebook and it's like, I really just can't be bothered with it all. It's just like, I want to just unwind, I need to release, and I just need to, and I just think, we're getting these things shown us that life is too short, and when are we all going to stand together and make a change? Literally share love, not all this hate all the time. Right, and um, also it just shows that the world is, is not that it's getting bad, it's just, it's changing. Something is going on spiritually. Um, Anybody who can't, you know, feel that or whatever, I don't know why because, um, like I said, as a whole, everybody is feeling that. Um, So it kind of makes you wonder, like, what has it for for me? I know for the next year or whatever, even though there's a lot of things that's going on that's really bad, I really feel like this is going to push everybody on a spiritual level to a new level anyway. Yeah. Um, coming up in 2013, yep. um, you have people that are sitting around saying um, the end of the world is coming, and um, they say this every and they get people riled up. Yeah, but you, you know, know what? I, I think they're right. Right. I actually think they're right in a sense, but not how they feel. 
the end of the world is coming as we know it because this new world is starting where people are starting to awaken and they're going to have to start sharing the love. These ones with all this negativity are going to have it thrown back at them, I'm certain. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I don't believe, I don't mean that the world is literally going to end. I feel that the world is changing. So you know how if you do tarot cards and you pick out the death card and you're always told, if you get a death card that doesn't always mean the the death of somebody, it actually means the end of something. And I think that's what it's all about. I think, let's face it, Mother Nature cannot keep taking this to our earth. We as humans cannot keep doing this. Um, humanity has got to be able to be stand, stood strong enough with everybody helping it to make that change. Yeah, and we have to be, um, we have a saying or whatever, uh, you know, that things are getting real. And I think the reason why it's getting real is because people need to see and people need to understand to be pushed to that level or whatever, you know. It's no more sugar-coated, you know. Like a lot of the times when something happens in our town, they don't show it on the news, and uh, half the time we don't even find out about it. But we're finding out about these things now or whatever to make people realize and to open their eyes. It's like, hey, things, there's terrible things that's happening. So if there's something that's that terrible that's going on, then we know there has to be, a complete opposite side of that that is just as good, and we need to start tapping into that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I just want to say also I've just <clears throat> had a message on Facebook, and I've, I've just got to say about this because it's just so upsetting. Um, I've just had a friend of mine who just sent me a message, and it said news has just reported that six-year-old Noah Posner will be the first funeral and will be buried tomorrow. He has a twin sister who was assigned to a different classroom and who survived the shooting rampage. Rest in peace, sweet angel. Um, Wow. What must that poor family be going through, you know? And that little girl, you know, how she must feel and... When you're that age, when you're that age, it's it's hard to process um, something like that. Um, But for the parents to have to explain to a child that age, because my daughter is seven. She just turned seven in October. So I can't imagine her having a sister or brother, you know, not even the fact that it, it could have been her. Uh, that went to school and you get a phone call and say your child's not coming home. But to have to explain that to a child that age is the most difficult thing um, in yeah. life. Um, as as yeah. adults, we, we have to fathom losing <coughs> losing someone or whatever um, at that tender age. And so we can only imagine what a ch- what's going through a child's head and to have to, you know, try to help that child um, cope with that is uh, all the more difficult. Um, you know, my mm. heart just sinks when I think about we live, this is the this is the world we live in where somebody could just have, be having a bad day or whatever his motive was just to walk in a classroom and just take, you know, other people's children's life like that. You know, this is the type of world we live in. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I think about that poor little girl. 
that must have, like, you know, come out of there and thinking, where's my brother, where's my brother, and to, to not actually see him. I mean, even for us adults, that's bad enough, but for a poor child to have to go through that too, that's, that doesn't bear to think about. It's terrible. It it, it really is. It, it makes you... Um, that's why a lot of people are depressed now these days, because they're losing hope. Um, because, yeah. I mean, we can... We can hope and wish and pray for the world to change, but where does it start? Like, and I guess it starts with with each one of us. But you can't convince, you know, so many people to say, "Hey, let's do something about. It. Let's change this. Let's. What can we do to change the world one at a time?" You know, so people like being, you know, losing hope and getting depressed or whatever. All I can do is is change myself and I can speak for people who are listening too if if you know you feel some type of way about that or whatever you know just try and go deep within yourself and try to change yourself and be an example and be a light for everybody else um I know if I you know would have been close to someone that had to deal with that the thing that I would try to do the most is is just encourage and just send love, you know, pure love that way or whatever, and um, be strong for them to look at me and say, you know, to be an example and, and to be strong, but I couldn't imagine because, I've, you know, I didn't go through it, so I couldn't possibly imagine what it what it feels like to have to bury a six-year-old or bury, you know, you know a loved one that and most of the time we think, as parents, we're going to outlive our children, but yeah. or or our children for our children to outlive us, but for us to outlive yeah. our children, it's a sad situation. Yeah, exactly. Well, Sheena, um, we'll be having um, psychic readings on Wednesday. Uh, we've got a guy called Michael who'll be calling in who will be doing readings with us. So, please give us a ring on um, Wednesday, won't you? Okay, I surely will. And, um, um, but also remember to listen to the other shows, of course. <laughs> right, I, I would love to um, to listen in. Um, one thing I want to share, whatever, with um, the listeners too is um, when I talked about my best friend or whatever. You know, a lot of times people they want to talk to, um, you know, they talk to mediums and they want to contact, you know, their you know loved ones and stuff like that. But what I found is that it's too difficult for me to deal with when, um, you know, I lost my best friend. So I've never actually, you know, asked to contact, you know, well, my friend, my best friend passed away. It was such a difficult situation because she was a pregnant teen. And right. so um, she was full term almost. And so when she passed away, um, they, you know, pretty much had, I guess, a, an emergency cesarean, and the baby didn't uh, survive. So she was pretty much, the, the baby was in the casket with her when they buried her, and it was an open casket. And, um, you know, the way that I felt about the whole situation, um, it just takes me back to how I felt. It was very sad because... I, I'm thinking in my head, you know, she didn't get to physically lay her eyes on her child, you know, in the physical world. But here I am, you know, looking down at her baby and her in the casket, and she never got to lay her physical eyes on her child. So um, to see your best friend and their baby 
um, laying in the casket. It was very, very traumatizing for me. Um, so, you know, I just, I try to be as strong as possible. And um, I just yeah. pray for strength. I pray for strength. And I want, you yeah. know, for anybody listening, if they lost someone or whatever, just pray for strength. That's all you can do. Exactly. But also, Sheena, the thing with when we do readings and stuff, you know, sometimes you can want somebody so much to come through to give you that message that you actually end up blocking yourself. So I will say to you that your best friend will come through when she feels the time is right and when you can deal with it. Right, and that's exactly how it happens. She hasn't come through yet, not once. Not yes. once. And I yes. guess it's because I'm, I'm, you know, I may not be ready. Yeah, and she may not be. So, but I, I certainly thank you so much for taking my call and listening to my opinion and sharing your opinion. And I would like to listen to the rest of the show. Yes, certainly. Well, I'll put you on hold, and thank you so, so much for calling in. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, and thank you very much for calling in. I'll speak to you soon, Sheena. And please join us on the Ask Sue Show group on Facebook as well. Okay. Okay, then thanks very much. And thank you very much to Sheena for calling in. And we're going to have time for just one last call. And we've got area code 505. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, it's Adrian. <laughs> Hello, darling. How are you doing? I'm doing better now. I can, I can, I'm trying to deal. There's sometimes that just pulling that scab off the old pain is just too painful. Yeah. So tell us your story, Adrian. You've lost a little one? Yes. Um, I, I, uh, I never even got to hold her. And, uh, it, it's tough. It really is hard. Um, it was a bad situation, and uh, it just, uh, like I said, sometimes it's hard to pull that scab off. Yeah. Couldn't I just say to you, Adrian, that I was in, I'm not going to say a real bad situation. It, it was bad enough to me at the time when I had mental abuse and everything, and it was hard for me. And I just feel that my Kaylin was a sacrifice to me, for me, for me to realize that life is too short. Yes. And I believe that yours did the same for you. Yeah. And I know I know that doesn't help sometimes, but what a gift they have given you to be able to see, for you to be able to see that life is too short, and also to be able to have your own personal angel watching over you. Yeah, it just, you know, I, I can understand uh, some of the others, though, that you, you you don't, you're not able to hold that child in your arms, and it, you always wonder, um, what could I have done, what did I do wrong? Because yeah. I think when you have when you have a child, they sneak up on you with this huge hypodermic needle of guilt, and give you this gigantic shot of mother's guilt. And it, you know, sometimes the families throw blame, and you know, it's just crazy. Um, and, and it hurts. 
it hurts more than anything else. And so Agent, you... I, I'm just picking up what a lovely person you are. And all I'm going to say to you is you've got to live your life twice over because you've got to live your life for your little one and for you now. Right. You, and you can't can change the past, love. As much as you can, it will tear you up inside to the point you're going to make yourself ill if you haven't already. Oh, yeah. And, and and people can walk up to you and say, well, you have two children or you have three children. Well, you know what? It's always that that one that you could not look after that you always miss. Yep. Yep. But so, don't you feel, though, Agent, that you appreciate your children even more now? Oh, definitely. Don't, uh, don't you I, feel I, that you appreciate your kids even more than other people sometimes? Oh, <laughs> for sure. For sure. You know. So so don't look at what has been taken from you. Look at what you've gained. That's true. That's Do true. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm not being funny. There's times when I feel that I want to rip my ex's head off. And trust me, it's still the same now, even after 16 years, because of different <laughs> things that was said and done. <coughs> but then I look, and I think to myself that my daughter knows the truth. Uh-huh. Um, she is watching over. One of the most hurtful things he did to me, we had an album, okay? And we, what I didn't tell everybody is that we, I had her on December the 16th. She died on the 18th. She was buried on the 23rd of December. And the 14th of February, and everybody might say cruel cow, but I left him on that day. And, and everybody said, she's got postnatal depression. She's got this, that, and the other. No, excuse me, everybody. I've just woken up. I've just yeah. been shown that there is too short of a life. You know, I could die tomorrow. Yeah. Okay? The guilt does not lie with you, Adrian. It's up to you if you want to carry it. Oh, yeah. You cannot, you can't, love, you can't change the past. You can beat yourself up until you're black and blue. But you're still not going to change anything. All I want you to do is I want you to love yourself for who you are realize that that was a sacrifice to you, and now you've got the hard work of living life twice over. Oh, definitely, you know. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm 56, I'm still here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do you know what I mean? You just, you are so, I mean, you've just got such a caring heart around you. You've got people, I'm sensing you've got very good friends around you that think the world of you, and You've made a difference to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, are you, you like me in the sense of that you've helped people in the same situation because you know what it's like? Oh, yeah. I, I, I firmly believe that you're not put into any position arbitrarily. It's so that you can walk up to someone and put your arm around them and say, I've walked in your shoes and... I'll, I'll hold you and let you cry on my terry cloth shoulder, and you tell me how you feel, and I can tell you how I got through it. It may not work yep. for you, but this is how I did it. Yep. The, the amount of people that I've helped and literally just showed them the other side. Sometimes when you st- sat on that grass bank by that river, you can't see the other side because all you can see is waves and currents and all of that, and you can't see how on earth you're going to get on that boat and get across that water. 
Right, right. And and, it's, and and but we we are warriors. We're not survivors, and we're not victims. We're still fighting. <coughs> I agree. I agree. Did you hear that song at the beginning of the show, Adrian? Yeah, I did. I did. I I just love that song. It, it's, it's got it's the words really in it are so prominent to all of us that we all need to listen to that song again and listen people need to listen to it and see that that's what we should all be shouting out for you know we all need to be changing how we feel about different people and our things you know and i feel like people that have lost little ones sometimes i'm not saying all because some i've got hatred so bad that they do chuck out more hatred and that's a shame that's not what their babies or their children would want Uh uh-uh hate is not a family value no, exactly. Exactly. But, Adrian, you know, we're we're running out of time slowly, but I want to thank you because I know you were you were a bit of a, um, in a bit of a tiddle earlier, just let's say. Um, but, you yeah. know, just think about how proud your little one will be watching over you right now. And just know that at least they're in a safe place and they're probably in a better place than what me and you and everybody is in. Oh, we know they are. They are, definitely. And thank you. And I'm sorry. And um, let's see if we can hopefully change the world into the better place this side, never mind the other. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I keep trying for. Keep in touch. Thank you. Thanks so much for calling in. I really appreciate your call. Thank you. You look after yourself, and I'll speak to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the show. I want to thank everybody that has called in tonight. I want to thank everybody that has shared the birthday of Kaylin with me. I want everybody that's been through it. I want you to realize that even 16 years on, I am literally still carrying on. And I want everybody to know that we need to start sharing the love for the ones that have passed, that, that weren't able to live a whole life like every single one of us. We need to make a difference. And we can all make a difference. If we can actually get through all of that that all of us guys have been through, and even the people that have not lost little ones, you've all been through something. If we can get through all of that, we can get through anything. We have got to be strong and make a difference for the children that are coming up in the world that have got to live with what we are producing at this moment in time. I want to thank all of my friends, all of my listeners, all of my family. I want to thank my children, Bill and everybody, and Max and everybody, and Howard and Cindy and Adrian and everybody that's called in tonight. Just remember that you're all making a difference. And we can all make a big, big difference to the whole world if we just all come together as one. I want everybody also as well to listen to the Way See Your Manifesto. Those words do ring true. And I was hoping to be able to <coughs> finish the show with that. But I thought we'll have a bit of a, a bit of a beat and so we can click our fingers too. And also to share the love and finish the show with a big smile. I want to say happy birthday to my daughter, who is in a better place watching over, who is sweet 16 today. And just imagine if she was here. She'd probably be out partying tonight, and I'd be more worried to death than if right now, wouldn't I? 
I want to say thank you to my other children, Kimberly, Jamie, Emma and Jana, for being those angels that are this side of the earth plane. Whatever I can do to make this world a better place, I will continue to do so. I want to thank everybody for joining me again tonight. And please just share that love all around the world. And let's just have a few minutes just to literally relax and think about our loved ones, those here and those on the other side. I would like to say goodnight to every single one of you. Please be safe. And I'll be back here on Monday night, 9 p.m. UK time, 4 p.m. Eastern time, with another show. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. And I'll speak to you all very soon. But also you can email Show at gmail.com. Or you can call in to, not again, 347-327-9694 on another night. Or you can join me at Ask Sue Show, which is on Facebook. Thank you very much, everybody, and good night. <laughs>